The Tragedy of Cinema podcast is intended as a family-friendly program that by extension strives to be inclusive to all people regardless of their ethnicity, gender, creed, or any other identifying factors in this incredibly diverse world of ours. With that said, some of the films we discuss may contain serious subject matters or have content considered morally objectionable by today's standards. We do not intend to condone or dismiss these aspects of these films, but our primary focus will be on what we believe our film succeeds at, some fun facts, and our personal enjoyment factors of each film. With that said, we hope you enjoy the show. tested for courage and if we are tested at all it's for patience for doing without and I'd always known that Is life really so damn simple for you? Perhaps I ask less of it than you do. I don't believe that at all Next time you change your mind you do it with your money they bought you a title, Baronessa. They didn't buy me. You might have asked, Dennis. I did. She said yes. Doesn't it matter to you that I'm another man's wife? What matters to me is that you tried so hard and that you're alone now. Then you head back. the eyes of a woman who wouldn't be owned. Why is your freedom more important than mine? It isn't, and I've never interfered with your freedom. From the spirit of a man who couldn't be tamed. When did you learn to fly? Yesterday. Out of a land of beauty, mystery, and majesty. Out of Africa. All right, guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema podcast. I'm your host, Jimbo, and today I'm joined by Kyle Zayner. Kyle Zayner. And Kyle, I'm really excited to announce our special guest tonight. Um, I was scrolling through TikTok late at night, like most men do, and uh, I came across Kelly Talks Movies, and I said, wow, she's really chipper. And I think what really caught my attention is she muppified the movie Clue. Clue is (laughs) one of my all-time favorite movies, and... So today on the podcast, we have Kelly Talks Movies, Kelly McAndrews, all the way from out there in Los Angeles, am I right? Los Angeles, California? Yes, sir. I moved here in 2021. Love it so far. Working out for me, especially because of the TikTok. I'm super happy to be on this podcast. Right. So I said, I'm going to shoot Kelly. She's she's awful energetic. I said, I'm going to shoot her a message on TikTok. And those of you that have TikTok, you know, when you shoot somebody a message or you get random messages, because first you have to wave and then it goes into these weird messages that you get from people. I'm like, well, I hope she don't think I'm crazy. But uh, so I said, Kelly, you know, we do this little podcast and I'm enjoying your TikTok. So if there's a movie you'd like to cover, uh, shoot it to us. We'll work something out. And she said, oh, sure, I'll come on. So she chose a movie that I had never seen before. 
Kyle, have you ever Never seen this movie? No, I've not seen it either. Although I'm a big fan of River Reference. Yeah, so I was happy. Kelly, to see so what movie did you choose for us to cover? I chose the ultimate test of wills, um, Sidney Pollock's 1985 classic, Out of Africa. Yes, Out of Africa. Um, those of you that listen to this podcast, uh, this does star Meryl Streep. Uh, those of you that know my disdain for Meryl Streep, <laughs> she, she did watch a movie. <laughs> oh, so. thanks, Meryl Streep. But before we get started, I am going to throw out a question like I do every episode. So, mm-hmm. Kyle, we'll start with you since I don't like giving you a lot of time. So, Kyle... What do you think is Meryl Streep's best work? Best work? Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> what's the thing? That, I got to look up the name of the movie real quick. So I of course you do, because you... <laughs> it's how devoted I am to Meryl Streep that I don't remember the name of any of her movies. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, let me skip you. I'll just go to Kelly, because oh, okay, sure okay, she's okay. already fired and ready to go. So <laughs> Kelly, what's your favorite Meryl Streep movie? My favorite Meryl Streep movie is The Devil Wears Prada. It is one of the best rom-coms of all time. It's one of the most iconic performances of all time. Meryl Streep as Miranda Priestly, hands down, just a terrific, terrific performance on her part. So my favorite is a lot more of a, just a, a joke. It's just a, a silly romantic comedy, but uh, it's complicated with uh, Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin. Love that film to death. I think it's hilarious and uh, really enjoy it all much. <laughs> and Jimbo, what's your least disliked? <laughs> my least disliked? Um, well, it's probably a toss between Deer Hunter. Um, I thought she was a really outstanding uh, support character, so I didn't have to see her <laughs> as much on the screen. Uh, that or Death Becomes Her. I thought that was a really fantastic movie uh, just because it made me laugh. So um like i said i respect what she does she's a, a talented actress it's just i don't know there's just something that misses with her for me so but kyle enough chit chat let's go ahead and take this away out of africa all right all right jimbo let me get into it here um out of africa released on december 20th 1985 um directed by sydney pollock um legendary director director of some films such as uh do um jeremiah johnson also starring robert redford and uh uh other movies real quick here gotta make noises three days in the condor electric horseman a bunch of really cool movies direct director on that side there and uh let's see here we have budget of the film was 31 million dollars just for inflation that'd be 86.6 million dollars and then for the uh, um, gross for the U.S. and Canada, we have $87 million. Just for inflation, that would be about $243 million. So good, huge um, gross earnings for the U.S. there. Um, opening weekend, though, it may have been a little bit uh, disastrous for them because only $3.6 million for a $31 million film. Just for inflation, though, that came out to about um, $10 million. But luckily, on the back end for the worldwide grossing, they made $227 million. And just for inflation, that is $636 million just for inflation. So absolutely huge earnings on the back end. Good for them on that thing, on that sense. Um, also, we have um, writers. We have, uh, based on the original book, um, Out of Africa by Karen Blixen. And, and then it was uh, Judith, I believe it was uh, the um, screenplay adaptation. Actor, so again, the actual um, Kurt Lud. Ludecky, uh, I'm hoping that's Ludecky. I'm hoping that's the proper way to pronounce that. And uh, Judith Thurman for the writers of the film. And then we go off. Um, sure, I believe you're going to throw the story synopsis over to you, Kelly, if you're ready for that. If not, we'll move on to the cast notes. 
Oh, I'm ready and raring to go. Thank you, awesome. Kyle. Awesome. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> so, <laughs> the synopsis of Out of Africa. It is a two and a half hour long movie, so it is quite a slow burn. Um, but it tells uh, basically a chapter in the life of Karen von Blixen, um, better known to the world as Isak Dinesen. She was a short story writer. She had, I think, a couple novels. And then Out of Africa was like her semi-autobiographical work that got turned into this film um and essentially she marries for a title to become a baroness uh in her native denmark and she and her husband travel to africa to start a coffee plantation um and there she learns to dig deep have heart and and i don't know embrace the culture of um kenya because she her farm is at the bottom of the ungong hills um, and so she kind of falls in love with this place and the people, um, the Kikuyu tribe that lives on her land. Um, and she also falls in love with a dashing hunter named Dennis Finch Hatton, played by Robert Redford. Um, and he kind of keeps her company while her philandering husband is away. Um, and so they develop this lovely romance uh, and they just kind of enjoy the, the beauty of Africa together. Now I have a question. When they first went over there, it they she wasn't expecting to have a coffee farm. Remember? Correct. Takes he the, the husband's like, Oh no, we 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 changed it, we're gonna do coffee. She's like, That's not what we said we were gonna do. <laughs> How are you gonna go yeah, coffee yeah. coffee in Africa? Yeah, she wanted to run like a, a dairy farm and like was expecting cattle and stuff, but he decides he just wants to do coffee, which is like not right for like the soil or whatever so he's just kind of like a dummy yeah. <laughs> she yeah, has, like, she's kind of like left holding the ball you know yeah uh, like they're north of the coffee belt there so it was never a full hardy effort really <laughs> although they didn't have a yield they didn't make product by the end but still you the know. coffee belt i like how you said that. <laughs> that's what it's called the coffee belt you look at the equator and they got a coffee belt where it's hot enough to make coffee beans why is it coffee <laughs> suspenders <laughs> instead of a coffee belt right <laughs> Coffee suspenders. That's right. That's, that's the he got you, play. Kyle. He yeah. got you good. I get him all the time. He just, he just he doesn't know what to say. He just starts rambling. <laughs> um, Sorry, my life. So, Kyle, was there any awards? Awards. That's right. I need to pull those up. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you are not very prepared for this. What? I'm always prepared for it. I, I, I just forgot what I was doing. Yes, we have one for seven Oscars. Yep. We have the 1986 Best Picture Award to Sidney Pollack, the Best Director Award to Sidney Pollack, Best Writing to Kurt Ludic, Ludecki. I'm so worried I'm going to mispronounce that name. I'm sure I already have. Um, Best Cinematography Award to David Walken. Best Art Direction On Set Direction rated to Stephen B. Gims and Josie McGavin. Best Sound awarded to Chris Jenkins, Gary Alexander, Larry Stensvold, and Peter Hanford. Best Music awarded to John Barry. Best Actress in a Leading Role, awarded to Meryl Streep. Best Actor in a Supporting Role, awarded to Klaus Marie um, Brandeur. And Best Costume Design, rated to Millennial um, Henanero. And Best Film Editing to Frederick Steinkamp, William Steinkamp, Pembroke J. Herring, and Sheldon Kahn. Next up, we have the BAFTA Awards, where it won the Best screen adap best Adapted Screenplay, awarded to Kurt Ludecki. Best Cinematography, awarded to David Walken. Best Sound awarded to Tom McCarthy Jr., Peter Hanford, and Chris Jenkins. 
Best actress, in, best actor in a supporting role, Laura Duclaus. Best actress, Laura to Meryl Streep. Best costume design, um, once again to Melania Canero. And best score related to John Barry. Next up, we also have the winners for the BMI Film and TV Awards, where it won the winner of that award from 1987 to John Barry. The British Society of Cinematographer Awards, where it won the best cinematography award, awarded to David Watkin. Then next up, we have the David D. Donatello Awards, where it won Best Foreign Film, awarded to Cindy Pollack, and Best Foreign Actress, awarded to Meryl Streep. Then at the Golden Globes, we have Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role in a Motion Picture, awarded to Klaus Marie um, Brandura. Then we have Best Original Score and Best Motion Picture in Drama. Next up, it was also it was also a nominee for Best Director, Best Performance, and Best Screenplay as well. Next up, we have the Golden Screen in Germany, where it won the Golden Screen Award in 1986. And then the Guild of German Act House Cinemas, it won the Guild Film Award Gold for Foreign Film, the Cindy Pollack. For the Italian National Syndicate of Film Journalists, I believe they've got some new awards here actually going on for new 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 um, syndicates, I guess, <laughs> organizations. They won the Silver Ribbon for Best Foreign Director and was a nominee for Best Foreign Actress for Meryl Streep. Also, we have the Joseph Plateau Awards for Best Score, 1986, winner there. Then the Kansas City Film Critics Circle Awards in 1985, we have the winner for Best Actress, where it's Meryl Streep, and Best Supporting Actor, where it's Klaus Marie um, Bandero. And next up, we have the London Critics Cycle Film Awards, where into um, the Special Achievement Award for John Barry for the music, specifically in the film. Then we have the Los Angeles Film Critics Association Awards, where it won the um, awards for Best Actress and Best Cinematography. Then we have the National Board of Review, where it won the um, top 10 films of that year and was also part of the Best Supporting Actor Awards to Klaus Maria. Then for finally, we have the New York Film Critics Cycle Awards, where it won the Best Supporting Actor and Best Supporting Cinematographer. And then we have Best, and there was just a nominee for Best Actress from Meryl Streep. And that is the awards for Out of Africa. Jimbo Ooh. is like gritting his teeth hearing all of these accolades well, from Meryl Streep. I'll go ahead and say it here because I was going to wait till the end, but I'll just say it here. I think Meryl Streep should have won a Razzie for the worst. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The worst uh, dialect. Uh, accent. Yes, it was. It drove me bonkers the entire movie. I was like, just spit it out already. <laughs> I was like, I don't she know. She almost was Asian at some points, right? right. Like she sounds like but, she's doing an Asian accent. But the bad, th- see, I don't want to sound too hard on her because she actually listened to the recordings of Karen Blixen and did her accent <laughs> on that. So I don't want to be slamming Karen Blixen because that may be the way she talked. But it's almost like Meryl Streep t- tried too hard to get it to sound that way. And I'm like, I, it was just really weird to me. So. I wonder, like, what the original recordings were. Like, was she listening to, like, an 80-year-old real-life Karen Blackson who was like, oh, she talks very slowly. Yeah, because she's 80. <laughs> Just got that through. Oh, my God. No, I think she, she was, was dead like, before she, that. Like, <laughs> she a mustache whenever you say that. Like, she should get a Razzie for the worst performance ever. And you just twirl your mustache as a thief. She's a beauty to Meryl Streep. So, Kyle, did you already cover the, uh, the uh, technical specs? Uh, a very short technical specs here. Just a runtime of two hours and forty-one minutes. A color film, obviously from nineteen eighty-five. Aspect ratio is one point eight five by one. Um, camera used. Um, this was a little bit more interesting. Was the um, Airflex thirty-five BL and the Zeiss Super Speed lenses, which is a little bit uh, unusual for the films we usually cover. Um, 
Um, oh, uh, let me get back to the um, filming locations real quick, because that was actually almost entirely on the Shambao National Game Reserve in Kenya. And that's an interesting little fun fact. It was also partially fun, uh, partially filmed in England, UK, and in Castle Rising, Norfolk, specifically in England, UK. So that's pretty interesting right there for the... Um, so filmed a lot on location, which you would hope, of course, for a film set in Africa, and especially getting those wide vistas and... Um, uh, yeah, uh, beautiful sights in the film overall. This is the kind of film where I feel like it just would have benefited like a almost like I can imagine like a special re release or like an IMAX screen or something like that, where it's like here's the whole screen of just this massive field of green and being taken away by it. it Look beautiful in that sense. Um, yeah, the thing where like the cinema adds so much to it, but that's the uh, that's the technical specs of the film right there. All right, so as usual, we usually throw a little something for the guests to. Oh, um, we haven't done the cast yet. That's what I'm saying. We usually oh, okay. Sorry. a little something to our guest, Kyle. If you were listening instead of talking, like I tell my kids, if you were listening instead of talking, it'd be a whole different story. So uh, we usually give our special guests something uh, that they could cover for us, like Kelly already did the synopsis. But we also threw the cast at her because I know Kyle butchers the names all the time. And as you can tell, Kelly's very, very well-spoken. So she's probably going to nail this cast, Kyle. So you got a lot to live up to. And all the pressure's on you now. So, <laughs> Kelly, if you'd like to go ahead and wait, take the cast of Out of Africa. Thank you so much, Jimbo. Uh, yeah, I think it's a Mermel Spurp as a... Uh, no, just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. So we, obviously, in the starring role, we have Meryl Streep as Karen Von Blixen, also known as Karen Dinesen. Meryl is an Academy Award-winning actress who has starred in films such as Sophie's Choice, The Iron Lady, Kramer versus Kramer, Julie versus Julia, Mama versus Mia, and my personal favorite of hers, of course, The Devil Wears Prada. Um, next, we have Robert Redford as Dennis Finch Hatton. Redford is also an Academy Award winning actor and director, best known for films such as The Way We Were, The Sting, All the President's Men, and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Uh, after that, we have Malik Bowens as Farah Aden. Bowens is also known for films such as Tears of the Sun, Ali, and Outbreak. Then we have Klaus Maria Brandauer in a dual role as Baron Broer von Blixen, which is such a mouthful, and his brother Hans von Blixen. Um, Brandauer is a Golden Globe winning actor known for films such as The Russia House, Mephisto, White Fang, and the James Bond film Never Say Never Again. Uh, next up, we have Michael Kitchen as Barkley Cole. Kitchen is best known for his starring role in the English TV series Foil's War, as well as films such as Dracula 1972, My Week with Marilyn, and two James Bond films, GoldenEye and The World is Not Enough. Um, then we have Shane Rimmer as Belknap. Um, Rimmer was best known for his work on the original Thunderbirds TV show, as well as films such as Dr. Strangelove, Gandhi, and get this, he was in at least three Bond films, You Only Live Twice, Diamonds Are Forever, and Live and Let Die. Um, next, we have Joseph Tiaka as Camante. Guys, you're not going to believe this, but Tiaka was actually in six James Bonds films. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Out of Africa is Tiaka's only film credits, um, but he does a heck of a job. Um, next, we have Stephen Kinyanjui as Keith, Chief Kinyanjui. Out of Africa is also the only film credit for Kinyanjui. And fun fact, in this film, he is playing his own grandfather. Um, next up, we have Michael Goff as Lord Delamere, or D. Um, Goff was a prolific TV and film actor with credits such as Tim Burton's Batman films, um, he plays Alfred the Butler, Horror of Dracula, Caravaggio, The Serpent and the Rainbow, and Corpse Bride. Um, then we have Susanna Hamilton as Felicity Spurway. 
Hamilton is best known for her roles in 1984, My Feral Heart, The Cuckoo's Calling, and EastEnders. Um, then we have Job Seda as Kanuthia. Um, credited as Job Seda, but he's better known as Ayub Ogata, and he was best known as a mu musician, but also appeared in the film The Kitchen Toto. And last but not least in the main cast, we have Iman as Mariamo. Um, and I believe Iman is best known as an internationally acclaimed supermodel, um, but she also appeared in roles on The Cosby Show, Miami Vice, Heart of Darkness, Exit to Eden, and possibly the most intriguing title of a film, The Linguini Incident. And that wraps it up for the cast. <laughs> that, that's basically Kyle on any given day, The Linguini <laughs> oh yeah i'm about to have a linguini incident after we wrap up recording <laughs> so kelly what i usually do now is um I've, I've scoured the internet and i found some fun facts and some trivia so we can talk about each one of these um with this movie it was it's really weird because since it's based on a true story um there's some stuff that we'll be talking about that's happened happened in real life versus what happened in the film vice versa some stuff that was changed uh, some people that were going to play different parts in the movie. So the first note I have is one of my personal all-time favorite actresses, Audrey Hepburn. She was originally offered the role of Karen Blixen. And to me, that would have been a 10 out of a 10 movie right there because I love Audrey Hepburn. So I think she would have really, she could have really pulled that off. Um so the film was shot on location in Africa, as Kyle had stated, including a film of animal herds. For the hunting shots, train lions were imported from California. <laughs> so Kelly must have sent some over to Africa for them to... to Irony, but... <laughs> yeah, my uh, last job is an animal wrangler. My <laughs> 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 last animal job was the guy standing on the street corner with the monkey with the grind box. <laughs> <laughs> Matching the money. Well, that was Sergio. That was my coworker. In Africa, and you need us to. You need to bring lions to Africa. We're in Africa. It just losing his mind. Yeah, well, they're trained the train, train lines, Kyle. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> just, just imagine getting that call. What do you mean you don't have any lines you can use? You're in Africa. Hakuna Matata. Um, the, the story was originally planned as a project for Greta Garbo. Um, at various times, Orson Welles, David Lean, and Nicholas Rogue had tried to make a film about Karen Blixen's life, but from one reason or another, it always fell apart before it actually got made. I'm trying to imagine the Orson Welles. So, uh, Meryl Streep actually developed her accent, as bad as it was, by actually listening to recordings of Karen Blixen reading her own work. So out there, there is somewhere of Karen Blixen reading out of out of uh, Africa, and I forgot her other what's in the notes somewhere. But I might have to pull that up, see if I can't find that. I'd like to hear what she sounds like and see if Meryl Streep actually did sound like her, and then I'll feel bad. Um, the pilot when the flamingos take flight was Sir Henry Dalimple White, a British baronet and former World War II pilot who moved in Kenya in the 1940s. He flew until he was 80 years old. Ooh. Yeah. It's dangerous time to fly. Did you say it's a dangerous time to fly? <laughs> <laughs> Where was I going? I don't know. <laughs> you know the guy flying that plane? He's 80 years old. Oh, God. We're all going to die. <laughs> uh, Leslie Phillips developed kidney trouble due to dehydration during filming. I'm sure it was very hot over there. Um, muggy. Yeah. Um, Karen Blixen travels across dangerous terrain to bring supply wagons uh, to her husband's regiment. Uh, uh, during the night, a lion attacks one of uh, the oxen, and Blixen tries to fight it off with a whip. Meryl Streep was assured that the lion would be tethered by one of its back legs so it couldn't get too close. 
uh, when the scene was shot, the lion had no restraint, and it got closer than Streep anticipated, so the fear on her face is actually real. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? What are you going to (laughs) do? I don't know what Just I would use do. That man. <laughs> that's why she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Die, die horribly. That's the answer. <laughs> die horribly. Um, when uh, Dennis uh, washes Karen hair, he quotes from uh, the rhyme of the ancient mariner by Samuel Taylor Coleridge. One line quote, he prayeth well who loveth well both man and bird and beast is inscribed on the real Dennis's Finch Hatton's gravestone. So a uh, little nod to the old Dennis. Uh, Finch. Um, actual descendants of the Kikuyu tribe uh, who were described in the book also appeared in the film. The man who played Chief Kenayaju, uh was his grandson. Much of it was filmed near the Nagong Hills outside Nairobi, Kenya. So um, I like how they, they do that. They keep it kind of true to the source material and then even, you know, went and found the grandson of the one from the book. Yeah. Uh, Meryl Streep was extremely nervous throughout the hair washing scene, which was shot uh, so close to some very territorial hippopotamuses. <laughs> yeah, I was terrified of that in the film. Like, You're worse than like, lions. <laughs> you see this head pop out of the water, like <laughs> you're like, oh no. Yeah, hippos are never She's using Pantene. She's using Garnier fructis. Unforgivable. Uh, Sydney Pollock uh, initially never considered Meryl Streep for the role of Karen Blixen as he figured she wasn't sexy enough. <laughs> All right, Sydney. Uh, Streep landed the part by showing up for her meeting with the director wearing a low cut blouse and a push up bra. So, there you go. If you want to get the part, dress the part, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, do what you go through the movie there, and like, I, I nothing about that movie says, like, oh, this character needs to be sexy, Karen needs to be a sexy character. Wow, about that film, that whole story. Oh, it's Meryl Streep for crying out loud. <laughs> okay, it's not Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> uh, let's see here. It took uh, director Sidney Polak and writer Kurt Ludecky uh, two years to put together the script. The amounts of the plot included Karen Blixen's Out of Africa and Shadows on the Grass, which was another book that she wrote. Industrial strength fire extinguishers were used to keep the lions at bay. Is that animal cruelty? I wouldn't think so, but I, of course, have no idea. <laughs> I guess if you ask the right person, it is. I mean, if you do uh, pretty- damage to the animal, of course, it's bad. If you do something, you like you like you terrify them. I guess it's bad, but like uh, overall, like as long as it doesn't eat you, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Okay. Uh, production designer Stephen B. Grimes spent a month about building a replica of the 1913 uh, Nairobi. The film's exterior sets were built not far from where Karen Blixen had once actually lived in the area known as Karangata, an Amagam name for the township of Karen and the neighboring Lagata area. Blixen's home was not available for the shooting, as at that time it was part of a nursing school. So her actually house is still there and used as a nursing school, which is still pretty cool. You know, I, I can appreciate what Karen did because she went over there and she cared a lot about those people, especially the kids. She wanted them to go to school and everything. And the chief's like, no, no, they don't need to. They they wouldn't, they need to know about me. <laughs> and then they'll move smarter than me, basically. Yeah. Uh, this was released in 1985, the centen- centenary, basically the 100 years of Karen Blixen's birth. Um, about 70% of this movie was shot in Africa, as we've talked about. Um 
Felicity is modeled on Beryl Markham, another writer who lived in East Africa and was supposed to be another of Dennis Finch uh, Hatton's lovers. Markham was also one of the first women to fly across the Atlantic. Sydney Polak was fortunate enough to meet the elderly Markham early in pre-production, so old Sydney actually got to meet her. Incredible. Was she telling the truth? I don't know. I think so. She just wanted more screen time for her character in the movie. Yeah, yeah. she's like, yeah. let me tell you what happened. <laughs> I was at this uh, polo match. You know, I scored four goals. <laughs> um, the, the town of Karen, as I mentioned, just outside of Nairobi is named after Karen Blixen. Uh, the compass that Dennis gives to Karen Blixen was actually Finch Hatton's actual compass. Unfortunately, it was stolen shortly after the scene was shot and was never recovered. Oh, that's, oh, that's awful. That's terrible. I wonder how much that's worth now. <laughs> Let's call it a safari. Uh, it is illegal to own a firearm in Kenya unless one goes through an extremely difficult process. And then only if it is after a violent attack. So you have to survive a violent attack before they let you get a gun. In which case, a license for a shotgun can be obtained. No handguns are allowed in private hands. The handgun that was shown in the film was an amazingly accurate reproduction in paper mache. As the law also forbids the ownership of toy or fake guns, this prop, along with all the other prop guns, had to be turned over to the government at the end of the movie. Oh, wow. That's really crazy. Paper mache. Guns. Paper mache. Yeah. That's, it looked real. Incredibly impressive. Like, props to the prop master. <laughs> uh, the prop master. See it. <laughs> I, I, I got you. It's very funny. Everyone He's not no prop amateur. Easy there, Alec Baldwin. Um the oh part God. of the school teacher was played by Keith Pearson, who was a school teacher in real life. He worked at the Nairobi Academy, which was just up the road from the filming location. So they got a real teacher to play that. And I thought that was, he's like, G, 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 girls. The private, this is scary. The private passenger rail car used in the film was from the 19th century and was the actual car used by a young engineer, engineer when the railway was being built. When the rail construction crew was in the Tusavo area, a marauding lion leapt in through the screen window, carried off the engineer, and ate him. The marauding lions, which killed many railway workers, was the inspiration for the highly fictionalized film The Ghost in the Darkness, which is another not a very good movie in my opinion, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, this is uh, features uh, Klaus Marie Brandal's only Oscar-nominated performance. Uh, when the expedition to Lake Natron encounters the party of Maasai, though a number of the warriors uh, are wearing traditional headgear. In Karen Blixen's time, though, they were actually made from lion's manes. By the time of filming, such headdresses have been illegal for decades, so couldn't actually get it accurate there. So, mm-hmm. um, when on the expedition, Karen Blixen hears the roaring of a lion. To this day, the, this roaring repeated several times in a series of five or six roars is heard from the direction of the Nairobi National Game Reserve a few miles from Blixen's house every morning before sunrise and every evening just after sunset. Wait, like a recording of lion oh, roars? actual action? lions. Oh. oh. Is it the same lion? I don't know the lion's life expectancy. Kyle, look up the lion life expectancy. Lion's life expectancy. <laughs> See if you think it could be a 200-year-old lion. What, 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 do you, what do you guess, Jimbo? How old do you think a lion should live? I will say... Uh, 62 years. Tell me what your guess. Wow. 62 years to, for a lion? Well, I feel, okay, here's the in thing. In the I wild, feel like, though. It's in the wild. It's not captive, so. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I feel like it, because it's in the wild, like the life expectancy of a lion is going to be a lot lower because there's so many threats. So I'm going to say 20. But there's, no, but there's also no handguns over there unless you've been violently attacked too. So it's not going to, I don't know. Okay. That's true. According but if they eat a paper mache gun, choking, <laughs> just okay. as bad of a risk. All right, I have it here. According to the National Geographic Society, lions that live in captivity live in captivity live to an average age of 25 years old, while the life expectancy of a lion living in the wild is only about 12 to 16 years what? of age. Due to yeah, due to dangers of uh, just you know being you know surrounded by other predators or hyenas or whatever that. So wow. she was she was right if we were talking about being in captivity. Captivity. I was way wrong about being not in captivity. So yeah, being being in captivity is great for a lion. <laughs> Turns out being lazy and getting fed all day. Easy no, I almost feel like Lavar Burton. The more you know, the reading rainbow. <laughs> Jimbo, your lions could have qualified for AARP. This is true. <laughs> That's all right. Hey, I've never been to the car. <laughs> you know, I heard they taste like chicken. <laughs> I don't know. So, um, do you, do you think? So that, let me ask you a question. <laughs> Um, we just talked about the the one tribe, the Maasai or whatever, that they used to actually uh, have the lion headgear. Do you think that they ate the lions that they killed? Oh, probably. Sure. Yeah, they probably couldn't afford to waste any part of it. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Nobody making the headdress for it. So don't look at me like I'm crazy when I said they taste like chicken. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Okay. I mean, regardless, I'm looking like crazy. <laughs> that's true. That's just your. Would you try a lion? Another question. Would you try it if it was like ethically Absolutely. prepared? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. There's a there's actually a place down close to where uh, Kyle lives, not to, where we used to work. That there's a place called Game where you can have kangaroo burgers, you can have uh, pheasant, you can have all them weird ostrich, all that stuff. Funny part this is I've heard, heard it too. <laughs> Do what? Funny part is this is the first time I've heard of it too. <laughs> no idea. True, but I th- I think I'm trying. I'm trying absolutely. Yeah, sure, some yeah. A one sauce. Let's do, let's do it. Kelly, would you be willing to try it, or would you be kind of like a little bit too weirded out by it? What's the question? Would you be willing to try it or would you be too weirded out by it? What's your... Your I would try anything. If it was was cooked right, if it was like prepared in like a, like uh, a way that was not like unethical, like, oh, we didn't like, you know... The guy in a chef hat says this, you're like, I am game. (laughs) Yeah, anything, anything. Write this down. Right. I mean, never to get in a plane crash with Kelly because one of us is going to be eaten. <laughs> Long <laughs> pig, as it were. Long pig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's get. Okay, we've kind of derailed this train, Kyle. Okay, let's get back on track. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Lighten up, Kyle. Man. Okay. Uh, the German troops, yeah, were commanded by General Paul von Lutwal Vorbeck. But he had traveled to Africa on the same ship as Karen Blixen, and according to some sources, the two had an affair during the voyage. Ooh, spicy tea. Man, did she just like every guy that came her way? Because I don't think she had many guys knocking on her door, according to the movie. Because it's like, why won't, why won't anybody marry me? At the beginning of the movie, I got to get married. Whatever she we'll was too strong willed. We will talk. She's we will talk about this at the end of the movie when I give my review. Because I, I mean, imagine if you're a woman, how do you say no to Robert Redford? I mean, that's the problem. It's Robert Redford. For God's sakes. Yeah. I wouldn't say no to him in 2023. Could you imagine? I probably <laughs> wouldn't either. <laughs> All right. Nicholasly uh, cares back in this movie. He's just like, oh my god. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just too busy being the most attractive man in the world. Go on to your business. Yeah, he's like, she's like. But I want to marry you. And he's like, eh. 
What does a piece of paper solve? Absolutely yeah. nothing. I'm still going to love you. Like but by the way, I'm leaving in a few hours. <laughs> See you in about four weeks. You know, I was like, all right. Uh, in December 1983, Jessica Lang acquired screen rights for Sidney Pollack to direct at that time, but she did not retain the property. Uh, the abrupt cessation of the singing, followed by the characters gazing out at the land, conveys the death of Dennis without any words. Spoiler alert, he dies. Um, which we'll get into how he actually died in this uh, in the notes here, but um, and how how Karen actually found out. Uh, it's a little different than the movie. Uh, the epilogue. Uh, this is what I like when movies like what was that movie was um, that we just did? Uh, Saint Elmo's Fire. At the end, I wish they would have gave those little two sentences about what everybody did with their life afterwards or whatever. So they actually did that in this just for Karen, though. Uh, I said Karen Blixen published her first stories in 1934 under the name of Isaac Dennison. She had never uh, she never returned to Africa. Um, the film actually uh, accurately portrays the fact that it is the lioness which hunts for the pride. I never knew that the lioness actually hunted for the pride, but the more you know, they're the breadwinners. <laughs> oh, so I'm gonna tell my wife that hey, I'm staying home now. You go go make some money. <laughs> Take it over, lioness. <laughs> yeah. Um, the production designers used a few pieces of Karen Blixen's furniture, which she never sent back to Denmark after leaving Kenya. So they actually some of her actual pieces of furniture were used in the movie. And there was a uh uh sideboard, uh, which was hers, that was a 17th century piece sourced from local antiques restorer Frank Dakin. It had inlaid wood scenes of people and had a secret hiding place accessed by sliding wooden pieces like a Chinese puzzle. The value of this piece alone was approximately $200,000. $200,000. And I'm thinking to myself, I read that and I'm like, she's having a yard sale in her front yard. Them people aren't going to be able to afford that stuff. (laughs) That's, That's one thing that went through my mind. She's having this yard sale and... None of them people are going to be able to afford what she's putting on there. I just thought that was that just blew my mind too. But. Well, I thought it was like a, like back in her club of the other aristocrats going up to you know buy her stuff as she leaves. So like you know she's never she's never going to get the money back she put into him obviously. But like you know there's at least other rich people coming in like oh yes yes I want all your furniture because I, I'm jealous of it you know for whatever reason because she has good taste and I don't. So I imagine she got some money at least out of there you know not just left with nothing. You know, nice Maybe, try, y'all, but I'm not buying it. Uh, Karen Blixen remains the only woman who has ever been invited to drink in the men's bar at the Muthagai Country Club. Uh, Even though certain rules have relaxed over the years, men are even allowed in certain parts of the club without wearing a jacket and tie. But the men only rule remains. There's another bar opened up that allows women inside. So she's still the only woman to this day that's allowed in there, which is very interesting. Uh, Here we go. In real life. Karen and Dennis's romance was slightly different. They met at a hunting club, not out in the plains. He disappeared for two years on military assignment in Egypt. He started flying and taking tourists on safaris after he moved in with Karen, but not before. Karen learned of his death from some friends in Nairobi. This film never mentions that Karen miscarried their baby either. So, which let me, let me bring you up that I read that. And when she, this is such a weird movie i can't believe i'm about ready to talk about this on the podcast but she contracts syphilis from her husband okay her first husband yes right well her husband husband, pal um so we already know that he was a scumbag cheater and if you remember when she comes back and she's talking to uh dennis she says i'll never be able to have children so why would you put that in there if in real life that 
it says she had a miscarried baby. I would assume the filmmakers did it. So like, well, maybe the screenwriter did it to kind of justify why Dennis, the character is so like willing to engage in an affair with her because like, I think he kind of sees that she's like, I want marriage. I want babies. Like she's like definitely like a woman of the home and like towards the end, he's like, Oh, I'm starting to like your like material possessions or whatever, but he never wanted a family. He never wanted kids. So like, I think the fact that she tells him that is kind of like the green light for him, like in his, I don't know. Yeah, macho don't worry thing. about attachments, but still be with me kind of thing. Yeah. 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 In that sense. Yeah. Which speaks to some negative parts of his character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's flawed. He's not. He may just have been as bad as, as her husband was. Let's face it. Cause you know, he was out scalivating around behind her back too. Yeah. Well, even in the, in the film itself, it makes up, you know, makes up front that that's a purely a marriage of convenience and they don't have any actual love for each other. So the idea that he's sleeping around doesn't seem much of a surprise to Meryl Streep's character, to Karen. To Karen. Yeah, but she became really attached to him, though. Really attached. Like, oh, yeah. it's okay. I just stay here by myself while you go off. And I'm like, just like in real, whoa. you know, I, I'm assuming like a mar- arranged marriages or marriages convenience back in the time. You know, Not him. I'm talking about when Dennis came. That, that's what I'm talking about, but I mean, they have you know ebb and flows and moments where they're really into each other and moments where they're not at all. You know? Man, she was into him the whole time, though. Uh, the fatal crash took place when Dennis was en route from Mombasa to Nairobi. He stopped to rest in the uh, Tsavo area near Voy, paying a visit to his friend, the Game Warden. As he was about to depart, he invited the Game Warden's wife up for a quick ride, but she was afraid and said no. This was lucky. After taking off, Dennis circled once and waved but his engine cut out and he crashed and the wreckage was a large number of burned oranges that he was bringing back from the coast. So uh, he was going to bring some oranges back. Presumably they weren't burned before he crashed. <laughs> yes, Kyle, because who burns oranges before they crash? <laughs> See what I deal with? See what I deal with, Kelly, every week. Could be a Kenyan delicacy, burnt oranges. Burnt oranges. Burnt. So when he gets back, do you have to reheat them up? Exactly. <laughs> Posted oranges, the, the new fancy for all time, yeah. <laughs> uh, for the purposes of drama, uh, Berkeley Cole was portrayed as dying from black water fever. In fact, he actually died of a heart condition. Who knows what black water fever is? Kelly? Look at uh, it. Yeah, it's a fever where, you, where your water turns black. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> black water fever. It's, it's, just like a, it's just like this really, really cool disease where you die from it. Wait, wait, can I guess? Is it like, is it also another disease? Is it cholera? Hey, you want me to tell you something? I don't know either. I thought maybe oh. one of you guys do. So, Kyle, get on it. <laughs> I All thought right. it was a test. That's Google Blackwater fever. I, I was thinking it was something like, like uh, maybe um, malaria. I don't know. That's what I was saying. I don't know. We'll find but, out. But Kyle will find out. Uh, let's see here. Karen Blixen's relationship with Dennis ended before his death. Uh, he had asked. Uh, Beryl Markham, which was Felicity in this film, to join him on his flight to Mombasa, but acting on a premonition of one of her servants, she did not accompany him either. So that's two of them that saved their lives from uh, dying. Kyle, did you find Blackwater Fever? Uh, Blackwater Fever, according to the National uh, uh, National Institute of Health here, Blackwater Fever is a clinical ent- entity characterized by acute intravascular humus okay, classically occurring after reintroduction of quinine and long-term residents of the Asmodian. Oh, my gosh. These Kyle, give us the number-down version. Blackwater Fever is its version. own thing. Okay, it's not, it's not any other disease. 
Um, oh, okay. Well known in the 20th century, Blackwater fever has become exceptional since 1950 when uh, the, okay, what they're talking about is it? Um, spit it out while we got. <laughs> just Google this, Jimbo. Give me a moment. Um, I love Kyle. He's such a good co-host. Yeah, no, uh, he's a diligent researcher. Okay, yeah, diligent. <laughs> Boy, she's got you. She's you've got her snowed. If I was ever on the rails today, I am fully off them. <laughs> okay, we'll move um, on to the next note while you're looking up the Blackwater uh, Fever. Is its own thing. That's what I can think. Yeah, Blackwater yeah. Fever. What it's called now is called. Um, Malarial hemoglobin Yeah. Oh, you were closer than I was then. Close. Close to malaria. So it is a, a, a yeah, a sister of malaria, I guess. So okay. yeah. <laughs> the redheaded stepchild of malaria. Is that well, the right phrase? The black water refers to uh your your urine. <laughs> so that's why they call it the black water urine. Black water fever is you produce black water. Wait, urine's not usually black? Uh you know, if you have enough, well. <laughs> One time I ate a whole package of Oreos and it just... <laughs> <laughs> he's disgusting, Kyle. Uh, yeah, okay. Let's move on. So we okay, so let's see. So far we've made fun of somebody's accent. We've made fun of Oreos. We've made fun of malaria. Should we go on? Finally, a podcast where you really can get canceled be great. <laughs> um, while the film makes it appear that Dennis died just a few days before Karen Blixen left Kenya. Uh, his actual date of death was May 14th, 1931. Blixen didn't leave Africa until August of 1931. She passed away in Denmark on September 7th, <laughs> 1962, at the age of 77. Uh, and I'm going to guess that she never got married again. Does anybody know that? Oh, to my knowledge, I don't believe she ever remarried. Uh, Karen did not find out about Dennis from Broer, uh, but from uh, when she was in Nairobi and discovered that everyone was avoiding her. She finally had to stop someone and ask, what is going on? Uh, this took place during the early days of the Happy Valley crowd, where the hedonistic behavior of a number of the aristocrats was a source of scandal among the more upstanding of the colonists. The undignified lifestyle of Brewer, um, along with the relationship between Karen and Dennis, was considered scandalous, hence the behavior of the people in avoiding Karen when the news of Finch hadn't reached Nairobi. And last but not least, there are many parallels between this story and that of Meryl Streep's later film, The Bridges of Madison County, in which she plays a farm wife with an unsatisfactory marriage who falls in love with a man with an unfettered lifestyle, a National Geographic photographer played by none other than Clint Eastwood. Ironically, at one point, Robert Redford, who played her lover in this movie, was considered for the role that Eastwood landed. So, Kyle, we'll start with you, since I'm sure she's got... She's raring to go while she thinks of this movie. So let's start with you, Kyle. Kyle, what do you think of Out of Africa? And where are you going to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10? Yeah, I think I think overall, I very much enjoyed this film overall. I think Meryl Streep's performance actually was excellent. And uh, uh, I didn't really have a problem with her accent in the film overall. I think as long as I understand what she's saying, i pretty happy for ever accent. You say what you understood what she was saying? Is that what you said? Exactly. Pretty much. It's like, as long as I get the words in that... Words in there, and I understand what she's saying. I'm good. I don't really get bothered by terrible accents, good or bad, or how accurate they were to the real life. Karen Blix and I thought the accent was perfectly serviceable to the plot of the film. Um, also, I think Robert Redford was being like, in a way, uh, almost hammy in his acting, even though it's in some ways also restrained. But like, he plays such a uh, 
almost a fanciful look of what a Karen Blixen thought of her um, boyfriend Denny's in real life um, and not uh, a real life character in my way. So that kind of like docks the film a little bit in my mind where I feel like Robert Riffle plays himself, plays the character way too well, <laughs> essentially, of uh, being so much of a fantasy. So that kind of throws it off for a little bit. But um, I don't regret my time with it. I think it was interesting to kind of watch. There's a lot of people shots in the film overall, especially in like the visits of Africa itself and the actual, um, the action scenes with the lions was really impressively well filmed as well. So overall, I think the rating for the film probably be around a, a seven out of 10 for me. This is a solid film. Well worth watching if you're a cinephile and interested in more films and, uh, kind of part of those, uh, they, you know, that list of a thousand films you watch before you die. I think it's it well worth a place in there if it is there, actually. It so, is there. It is. Okay. What? It is it on is. the thousand and one movies before you must die list. Yeah, yeah. So um overall I think I really appreciate the film and that's where I kind of feel on it. Um Kelly, let's move on to you. What did you think of the film? Um, I uh this is probably the third or fourth time that I've seen this movie. It definitely has a special place in my heart. Um, I think it was probably one of the first like films that I saw where I was like aware that it was a prestige film. And I remember the first time I saw it, I was sitting on my grandmother's waterbed uh, and seeing her teeny tiny, like 20 or 15 inch screen or whatever. But um, yeah, I really, really like it. It's a great tearjerker for me, even though it's super long. And most of the time you can just kind of tune out and like keep following along no matter what I always lose it i always start crying when like during his funeral scene where uh karen is like standing there and she's like he was not ours he was not mine and she like holds the dirt to her chest instead of throwing it into the coffin because she just can't bear to let him go and it's like i i just lose it and then i i will start crying again like at the very end where she's like talking about like there are two lions that sit on his grave and it's so beautiful <laughs> it's like oh. God, it is beautiful. I, I just can't, yeah. can't stand it. Uh, I'm also a really big fan of Isaac Dennison's writing. I have read uh, a lot of her short stories. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's definitely a win for me. I would give it, because it is it is very, very slow, I will give it a 9 out of 10. So an American B+. Plus. Um, but, yeah, I love it. It's great. Have you read Out of Africa? I have not read Out of Africa. I have two, uh, looking at my bookshelf over here, I have... Uh, yeah, I have two short story collections of hers. Yeah, and they're pretty good. Well, nice. So Kyle gave it a seven, and you gave it a nine. I did. I did. He's going to give it a nine subtracted by seven. Yeah, <laughs> a nine subtracted by seven. Jimbo, <laughs> the law of averages here. <laughs> All right, so I guess it's up to me. Yeah. <laughs> we are on the, the Meryl Streep number one fan, Jimbo. Let me just say first, first and foremost. The biggest thing I had against this movie, number one, well, the biggest thing was her accent. I ain't gonna lie. Um, it was, it's like she had a, a mouthful of marbles at times, you know, trying to pay attention. To, and Kelly, you kind of nailed the uh, the accent right there. That was pretty impressive. I don't I know say, what you're talking about. I will, I will say this. Um, the settings were beautiful. The shots of Africa were beautiful. The animals were beautiful. Uh, the cinematography was beautiful. The outfits were were pretty interesting too, and the one that always gets me is when she first gets there, or whatever. And she's got that hat on with that like mosquito neck down her side of her face. You know, what I mean, I'm like, is she getting ready to play Mortal Kombat or what is going on? <laughs> she's just hiding from Tyler me. when I'm um, mosquito <laughs> net. So I, I think, uh, and the soundtrack, uh, beautiful music throughout. I thought that was really good. I just have a hard time. 
I understand their marriage of convenience for the money. And then he goes and he spends it on coffee. And then, you know, I know he's unfaithful. And then she turns around and does the same thing to him with uh, Dennis. And then you have her going through the struggles of her coffee thing burning down, uh, the struggles of her with the different tribes over there uh, wanting to uh, teach the children how to read. Because she's like, look, they will remember you uh, better if they can read about you. And they didn't want no part of that. Um, I think she was a little cuckoo for wanting to deliver the stuff uh, to her husband in person. Um, she went basically across, you know, she almost got killed by a lion for crying out loud just because she wanted to, she was, I don't know if she was just that lonely or if she was just that naive or she thought that she bored, was cheating, cheating on her, which you come to find out that there's that other lady that he wants to divorce anyway. Um, so, you know, you, you see the struggles of this lady. Um, for me, if it was anybody else besides Meryl Streep, I'd probably rank this higher, but it, <laughs> it just, Shows me bonkers with that accent. Um, to me, I, I compare this movie uh, to, I get Dr. Zhivago vibes. Um, I really like Dr. Zhivago. Um, and this one's probably not too far off. I've only watched this one time. So I, I want to be fair to it without, because I know uh, Kelly here has watched it like six times, she said. Uh, <laughs> three or four, three or four. Yeah, well, it's like six in my lifetime. But she's <laughs> sitting to it that long. Um just rewind the hair washing scene over and over again. And I root for the hippopotamus every time. Come on up. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm not going to take any way uh, thing from Meryl Streep. I think she's a, a talented actress. Um, I haven't seen all of her work, so I can't base it on my, just my disdain for the movies I saw of her. So I'm trying to keep this very um, what's the word? Uh, objective. Thank you. I'm, I'm trying to keep it very objective by her performance in this movie alone. Um, Robert Redford, man's man as usual. Um, you did kind of have a disdain for um, her husband. Uh, I I do really like the uh, servant uh, guy that was the cook. Um, come to find out, though, uh, it was in my notes. I didn't read it because I, I was trying to cut down these notes. Is when she left Africa, nobody would hire him as a cook, um, even though he had. And so he went back to herding herdsmen herdsmanship or whatever so he went back to uh herding herding animals and i think you saw the compactor where she goes to the one tribe and the one guy has the like the bone sticking out of his leg and she's like you look you need to come they'll think you're they're wise if you go see this person to heal your leg um and he's he comes back and he's like actually she's like you go do this you can work for me so he became like a little runaround boy you know what i mean and I think uh, one of the touching scenes of the movie is when the the uh, she's sitting there and she's watching her coffee uh, house burn to the ground, and that little boy next to her reaches in her pocket, and she's like, "It's all gone, you know, it's all gone." Um, so from everything I just said, I will rate this an eight point five out of ten. Uh, Whoa! Yeah, oh, upset. Wow. Uh, just from all the things I, I'm not going to hold her accent against her until I listen to. Uh, Karen Blixen's actual voice. Um, is it something I'm going to go down and watch over and over and over again? No, probably not. Maybe once more in my life. Maybe um, if I'm forced and my hands are tied behind my back and I don't have a control <laughs> to stop it, maybe. Um, so yeah, I will give it an 8.5 out of 10. Um, Kelly, there's just one more thing that we need to do. Um, since you are on TikTok and I found you by laughing by you muppifying the movie Clue, Tell oh, no. <laughs> it is now my privilege for you on our podcast to muppify 
out of Africa. Let's hear it. Who is your cast for wow. the Muppets for Out of Africa? Oh my and god! I, know, I already know. Coming. I already know who Meryl Streep is. That's Beaker. Me, 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 me. Beaker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Billy, give it to this. Yeah. Um. Okay, so the way that I cast Muppet movies is typically I like to think about like. Who's the Michael Caine or the Tim Curry? Like, who's the one or two humans that are, like, the main characters in the cast? Um, but I'll go with your suggestion. Keep Beaker as Karn Ron Blixen. Uh, <laughs> let's see. That would make Bunsen Honeydew her um, very stifling husband, like, always hurting her without realizing it. I think that's a dynamic that... Translates pretty well, Beaker and Bunsen, to uh, Roar and Karin. Uh, who's going to play Dennis, though? Mm, who Fozzie would have Bear. a favorite Beaker? What? Fozzie Bear? Gonzo. Fozzie oh. Bear. <laughs> he's not, I don't think he's charming enough, you know? You be, what's his name? Sweetums? Sweetums, yeah. Guys, wait for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... Uh, <laughs> I, I've been thinking about this because I was going to help you out. I think that obviously that the cook has to be the Swedish chef. Of course, of course, yeah. Only appropriate, yeah. <laughs> Love that hurdy gurdy fixing a leggy. I don't know. I can't do the Swedish chef impression <laughs> right on cue. Oh, man, now I got to think. Who's going to be Miss Piggy? Jeez. Oh, she would probably be um, like the person that's running the whole operation, right? Like she would be Lord Delamere, my yeah. goth character. She'd be like, you cannot drink it here, you just for a <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, now I got to think who Kermit would be. Jeez, man, <laughs> I'm like running through all these characters. There's not a whole lot of like characters with like oh Kermit would be Barkley Cole I think because he's just like a nice guy just wants everybody to get along. <laughs> he but died then, of he know. died of green water fever. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh I love that character. He's such a sweetheart. Um yeah that's those are the, the main moment version he just politely leaves off screen. <laughs> <We don't> make- <laughs> I'm going back to the swamp. Uh, <laughs> Who could be Farah? Farah, her like, her basically like her manager, her uh, assistant would be, let's see, Sam the Eagle. He's very authoritative, I think. He knows how to like push things along. He knows how to push legislation through. Who would be, uh, what was her name, Felicity? Felicity, uh, you know, and I run into this problem a lot doing those videos on TikTok. Uh, there's not a lot of female Muppets. So the only other choice after Miss Piggy is Janice, the like groovy hippie, like, hey man, she's part of Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Well, I was thinking of Pepe the Shrimp when he's like in Muppets from Space when they, they go invisible and he comes out and he's got the tutu on and he's dancing <laughs> and he's like, oh, we're not invisible anymore or whatever. So, um, good choice too. <laughs> Yeah, you have to finish off some characters, possibly or something like that. It was like, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, uh, did you watch the uh, the the new Muppet movie, the one with uh, Am I a Man or Muppet? That uh, what's his name? The Muppet. Jason Siegel? The, is that the Muppet? That is the one from 2011, I think, and it's just yeah. called the Muppets or the, the Muppet. The, what is the Muppet's name in that? The the guy that sees Am I a Man or a Muppet? Walter. Yeah. 
He's he's kind of a weird character too, so I'm sure he'd have to have a, a part in here somewhere along the way. And then you can have like the, all the guys at the bar, you know what I mean? You could have Ralph in there playing the piano. So Kelly, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. It's been great fun. Um, you yeah. are more than welcome anytime you want to come on. Just send us something, we'll we'll put it together. You're very uh, funny, a funny girl. Um if you want to go ahead and give everybody your social media stuff, uh, your TikTok stuff, all that stuff that they can find you on. Promote yourself. <laughs> for sure. And thank you guys so much for having me. This has been a blast. Um, I love subjecting you to this torture, this two hour, 41 minute slog. Um <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much again um listeners you can find me on tiktok at kelly talks movies and that is spelled k-e-l-l-y and then talks just the way you would spell the word talks and movies the way you would spell the word movies uh, uh, you and obviously I- don't know how kyle spells a b d ah darn it <laughs> uh but yeah that's where you can find me uh i we'll start filming things soon again i promise <laughs> oh so yeah you've been on a little hiatus you said so briefly yeah yeah i was a little bit busy in my day job but now i'm getting back into it so yeah awesome. talking a lot about disney and muppets and and all kinds of fun things maybe i'll do a list about meryl streep her top 10 roles oh, oh yeah i'm sure you'll put the tag 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 jimbo in this one so yeah um, every single one <laughs> Well, we are The Tragedy of Cinema. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, The Tragedy of Cinema Podcast Group. Um, you want to email us, uh, thetragedycinema at gmail.com. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes, Apple, uh, we read them all. Good, bad, or Muppet. It doesn't matter. Um, we thank everybody for listening. We are coming up on our fourth year anniversary where Kyle is subjecting me to another movie that's about three hours and 14 minutes. We are going to be covering Titanic. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah. Oh, look at her. She's so excited. Yeah. Thanks a lot. The only thing worse than Meryl Streep is watching <laughs> Kate Winslet for three hours. Oh my God. Do not blaspheme. This <laughs> She's my personal heroine. Thank you very much. Oh, girl, when Titanic came out, you, you have no idea how much that shaped the everything about me. Let me ask you a question Was there room on the door for Jack? That's all I want to know. It's not a question of whether or not there was room. The flotation would not allow for two people to be on the door. Then she should have got off and stood on the other side with him then and died hand in hand with him then. No, he, he convinced her to live. He was She was going to die an old woman warm in her bed, and she did. And hey, she do did. you know if you turn up the volume real loud, you can actually hear his hands go <laughs> off the door when he falls to the bottom of the ocean? Fantastic. Ooh, chilling. Just kidding. So, uh, Kyle, you got anything else to add before we leave? Uh, you know, brush your teeth. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> you know, have your have your lions and lionesses uh, spayed and neutered. As soon as she's <laughs> a little bit of that. Okay, let's go. So, uh, well, Kyle, thanks again, for, uh, again for coming on. And as we do every episode that we close this out, and I say, and that's a wrap on this episode. And, and I, close. Kyle. I mean, it's probably nice. Yeah. Perfect sync every time. Every time. Every- <laughs>